Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, also of Dogs 24-7. And this is an emergency podcast. And it's the bad emergency kind because George Pickens uh, suffered a torn ACL in George's uh, Tuesday practice, non-contact injury. Um, according to Rusty, who was unable to join us, uh, he, uh, he tore it running a route. And uh, just, um, you know, I want to stop short of of saying catastrophic or you know devastating um but it's not that far from it it's really really bad uh simply because you're not for pickings per se because this injury isn't what it used to be and you know a lot of guys almost all everybody makes a full recovery from one of these things um it was just an acl tear no other structural damage which is always good news um but just George is going to be fortunate to get him back in in 2020. There, there's uh, 2021. I'm sorry. There, there's a chance, an outside chance, but it would be very late in the season, and uh, it would be tough. I mean, you look at Devod Wilson. He played in the bowl game uh, for George after tearing an ACL during the spring. So you know, there's that to go off of. But um, just just tough. I mean, George won't have to learn what to do like Divide did. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But very fortunate to get him back if they do um, in the 2021 season. And um, Kip, what are your overall thoughts on this? Because sometimes when an injury like this happens, you're like, well, next man up. But this it's tough to do that in this scenario because George Pickens is George Pickens, and George Pickens clearly has a tremendous chemistry with JT Daniels. Yeah, first off, the initial reaction is that I just hate this for George Pickens. You know, this was his first spring practice that he was going to get at, at Georgia. And, I mean, for, for all the work that he's put in and this offseason, I mean, this was huge for him. And he was – I mean, from everything we heard, he was – you know, he, he was coming along great coming into his own and really set up to be, you know, one of the top two or three wide receivers in all of college football. So for him, you know, my initial reaction is that, again, I just hate it for him. We hate it when any player gets injured. But, I mean, this is really shaping up to be, you know, the year of George Pickens, that he would be a household name and, and really make an impact and, and kind of write, you know, his story for Georgia football. So, you know – hoping that he's able to to come back and be the player that, that he was before. And whether that is, you know, at the end of this season for Georgia or, you know, whether, he, you know, it's 2022 before we see George Pickens play football again, I think, you know, everyone's better whenever George Pickens is on the field as far as just being able to see the game. You know, he, he was really, um, you know, great to watch and really brought a, an impressive presence you know, to, to the passing attack. So that, that's my first reaction because at the end of the day, obviously a fan base is affected by this and everyone's talking about the impact and we're going to talk about the impact that this has for Georgia. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is, this is a young man and his family who, you know, had been impacted in a negative way. And so I, I just hope that, you know, he's able to come back and, and return to the game of football and play at the level that he did before. Uh, obviously, for the Georgia program, 
this is a huge hit. And I, I figure that, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But th that's my initial reaction, obviously, from a personal level, that, that this is a really, really tough day for that young man and his family and the Georgia coaching staff and his teammates who have, you know, been with him and been working towards the same goals together. You know, kudos to you for remembering to be a good human and not being in podcast mode like I was because, uh, you know, I, I, I echo that 100%. I feel bad for George. I feel bad for his family, high school coach, everybody to help him get to where he is, Cortez Hankton, um, you know, but but especially George because, I mean, I, I suffered a torn ACL in my, in my left knee. I think it was in 2000. 14 and uh you know i i went and i didn't get it repaired right away ended up tearing my meniscus and it was it was i don't know it ended up being pretty painful and i remember it being very emotional too because you you realize how you know how big of a comeback it is and and maybe it's not that big of a deal for you know in terms of the emotional part of it for george maybe he's not wired the same way or maybe you know being younger kind of helps you out there but i you know i did it at, at like you know 31 years old and and it was uh, it was a little tougher but but at the same time i just feel bad for him just having to go through that pain to begin with and then you know knowing that he had gotten off to such a great start in spring practice i mean that was the you know when I, when i talked to sources close to uga you know, one of the things that, that I was told was that top performer through three practices is George Pickens. And then you look at a photo of him from uh, from Tuesday's practice, I, I, obviously before the injury, and he looks to have put on weight. I mean, Georgia, Georgia actually bumped his weight up from 190 to 200 on the official site. Um, he, had, he had really kind of um, developed physically and uh, – you know, listen, I, I don't look at George Pickens as the type that he's keeping defensive coordinators up at night, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because he does some things that you just kind of – you really just can't defend. I mean, you you can't really defend the way he high points the football. I mean, you just kind of have to go out there and say, hey, cover as well as you can and make a play on the ball because that's how that's how George Pickens – some of the things he brings to the table – um, but but he was a guy that that you know when you needed a big catch on third down he was always a great place to go with the football he was you know the subject of a lot of auto checks at the line of scrimmage where hey George has got one on one coverage okay that's where the ball's going because he's a he's a favorite over anybody you want to throw against there and uh, George is going to miss that and and you know th that's going to require some guys to step up and we're going to get to that a little bit later on but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with with just kind of feeling bad for him and 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 feeling bad for for you know those who have supported him and and have a vested interest in in how well he does and and those who care about him because you know you never want to see that. He's, I mean, kids got to have surgery and nobody likes to go under the knife and and you know that's that's always something you've got to kind of be concerned about because you know it's just not a pleasant experience and uh you know you hope for a speedy recovery and we'll see if uh we'll see how quickly he can heal and and get back to the football field because you know that's what he wants to do as a competitor i want to ask you a quick question though here kip in terms of georgia football players it doesn't have to necessarily be negative or, or anything like that but who does this impact the most on the field at georgia i think I mean, the the easy answer there would would be JT Daniels, but f for me, I, I'm thinking, you know, Zamir White. You know, I think that George Pickens. If you're talking about the most important players on the roster, 
Pickens is at worst in the top three and, and arguably number two behind Daniels for me. And I think that he was a guy that was going to demand probably multiple players, you know, having their eyes on him as far as, you know, whether it's man-to-man, whether it's zone. He was going to have multiple defenders on him on every snap. And so Zamir White coming back, I think that, he was going to be looking to Pickens to open things up for him. I mean, Georgia's passing attack was going to be opened up. That's the plan regardless of whether Pickens is is on the field or not. But I think the presence that he had and that he was going to demand based on his production, his skill level, and the fact that it's just tough to guard him one-on-one when the ball is in the air, his catch radius, I mean, it was – arguably the best in the country. And and so now there is not that type of player currently on Georgia's roster that we know of. A lot of guys coming into years two and three, a lot of guys who can continue to improve, but they don't have that presence that we know of yet who can consistently do something like that. And I think for, you know, Georgia's running game, and like I said, specifically Zamir White, who is set up for, you know, potentially a big season, multiple you know multiple years off of the the knee injuries now starting to show what he can do on the field late in late in the 2020 season this this definitely impacts him a lot because again now as far as what we know on film Georgia doesn't have somebody else that really demands the same attention so they're going to be able to you know play a little bit faster. They're going to be able to key their eyes on Zamir a little bit more and and kind of focus on first and second down and and stopping him. So I definitely think that just as far as overall offensive balance and and Georgia's run game, I I think that Zamir, uh, you know, the yards may be a little bit tougher until we know for sure there's a guy who can step up and be that number one receiver and make a bunch of big plays. Yeah, I think JT Daniels goes without saying. That's kind of the low-hanging fruit here. Uh, I mentioned that chemistry, and to me, that is why this is such a big deal is because those two seem to have really hit it off. You could hear it in in the way JT Daniels would comment on George um, after games. I mean, you know, it – uh, I want to say it was over. It was over 90 yards a game. I think that that Pickens was averaging with JT Daniels at quarterback, and that was with a 25 yard game in there for crying out loud. So I mean, he had three games over 80 yards, two over 100. Um, caught four touchdown passes from JT Daniels in four games. Um, had had his second multi touchdown game of his career and his second and third 100 yard games of his career with JT Daniels at quarterback. So that's kind of I think that's the low hanging fruit. I'm gonna go. And I like the Zamir White one, but I'm going to go with with Kiaris Jackson, and here's why. Kiaris Jackson had a breakout season last year in the slot. There's a chance, and and this is this is could possibly impact him like this. There is a chance that Kiaris Jackson has to move from slot to say to uh, the flanker position, the wide receiver position, and to get technical with you there, the flanker, the wide receiver is split out, but not on the football. He he's split out, but he's off the line of scrimmage. That would mean Jermaine Burton, who played that position last year, moves over to split in where I think he can absolutely thrive. I have no concerns about Jermaine Burton. I think anybody who has ever listened to me talk about Jermaine Burton knows that that I I you know kind of got a little bit of a man crush there. I think he's a phen- phenomenal football player. But if Kiaris Jackson has to move from the slot position where he was so good a year ago 
to be the flanker, it, it may hurt his production. I mean, it, it, it may – I mean, listen, JT Daniels seems to be more um, in tune with going outside with the football, so maybe it helps him, but, but I think it could hurt him. And, uh, you know, that, that would kind of leave a hole there in the slot for maybe, um, you know, maybe Arian Smith, Dominic Blaylock, once he gets healthy. Uh, uh, Lad McConkey is another guy who could kind of help George out there inside. You know, Kirby Smart complimented him late last year. I also think you look at, you know, just, just kind of how it shapes up. Um, there are some guys that could, that could actually maybe fill those shoes of, of George Pickens in terms of that presence that you talked about. But let's wait to the second half of the show to get get to that point. And uh, and first, let's pay some bills here real quick and and uh, take a break. All right, I caught myself there, Kip, going into the break because I st- I almost went in a, to a deep dive in Georgia's receivers, but then I remembered, hey, we had that slotted for the second half of the show. So, talk about. Um, bad interview technique, by the way. For those of you who are listening who may be in journalism school, never tell somebody to talk about something. But I'm going to say that to Kip because I'm a podcaster here and not necessarily a journalist, not much of a journalist anyway. But uh, Kip, talk about uh, the guys that can step up, in your opinion, and the guys that could maybe benefit from this. And I hate to use that word because of, like you said, all of the, all of the you know, empathetic feelings you you have towards Pickens you don't want to even say a word that positive here but but who has a chance here who has an opportunity to step up with with George Pickens getting hurt like this right now it's all hands on deck you know it's early in spring this is the time of the year where you're finding out who you have I think you know everybody moves up a spot Uh, I you know just initially I'm thinking Jermaine Burton and he was going to be a guy that was probably, you know, may, at worst, the number three receiver coming in. Obviously, you know, Arian Smith coming into year two, you want to see him healthy and what he brings to, to that offense is different. He, You know, Rusty's mentioned it a lot. We've talked about it, that speed. It, it brings something different to the offense. Now, as far as the upside, he's got it. I mean, he, he could be that potential – game breaker for Georgia that Pickens is just in a different way. But but I think that as far as somebody that JT Daniels can depend on every snap to make plays, uh, you know, it, it's got to be Jermaine Burton at this point because I just think that he was set up for a big year number two. He was starting to be really productive toward the end of the season. You know, I it's interesting because Kiaris Jackson, early on in the year when Georgia had Dwan Mathis and Stetson Bennett at quarterback, it's it, Kiaris, you know, w- was getting a ton of looks early on in, in the season. I th- and when JT Daniels came in, you know, as you said, that chemistry with uh, with Pickens, they started to really connect, uh, you know, on a lot of throws, a lot of production there toward the end of the year when Pickens wasn't really as big of a focal point early in the year and when he was injured. But I think that Burton really overall over the course of the year started to come on, started to really establish himself on someone that JT can also depend on. And I think that's going to be key for JT, you know, going into the spring and the summer workouts. I think they're going to start to build that same chemistry uh, that, that JT had with Pickens. And I just think that, you know, Pickens was clearly the best guy in the group. And so not having him there changes the overall wide receiver room but I I think it's going to be just it's going to be an approach by committee that everyone has to step up 
and, and take one or two of those receptions that he was going to make, you know, during the course of the game. And, I mean, Georgia was thought to maybe have the best wide receiver group, you know, in the SEC, one of the best in the country. You lose your best guy. The depth obviously t- takes a huge hit, but they have a lot of guys there potentially could have even more guys there if you get two guys back from injury in Marcus Rosemey, Jack St. Dominic Blaylock. I think the emphasis, you know, is even greater on those two being able to come back for for Georgia's, you know, hopes of just being able to have the passing attack that Todd Munkin, you know, was expected to bring to, to this program and JT Daniels in year two. I just think that, you know, now there's going to be more hope and, and and more pressure on those guys to be able to come back. But the guy that kind of steps up in my mind for right now is Jermaine Burton. I'm looking for him to have a huge spring and kind of move to the forefront of Georgia's offense going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I think from a functionality standpoint, from a, like you mentioned, the go-to guy, the, the number one guy, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know – Gosh, I can't go on another Jermaine Burton rant here. Uh, some they're gonna they're gonna f- either fire me or arrest me or something because I think so much of the kid. Um, but you know, I think that yeah, he becomes the number one guy. But from a from a skill set standpoint, from a replacing exactly what George Pickens brought to the table within the offense, I've got two guys in mind, and they're two guys that haven't been mentioned yet, and we probably haven't really been thinking a whole lot about. And it's Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint, who's trying to come back from a uh, from a dislocated ankle, and God was that gruesome against Florida on a 32-yard touchdown catch. You know, ankle. Don't even want to describe it to people. Don't drive off the road uh, if you're listening to this in the car. Um, that was that was ugly. But he's trying. He's making a comeback here. It's similar in size, maybe a little heavier than Pickens um, at this point in his development, you know, probably around that 205, 210 range. Maybe he has lost some weight during rehab. That, that kind of happens with guys who, as they rehab injuries, they drop some weight because they're unable to lift as much and keep their mass on. But, you know, 6'2 kid who, who is a very good, uh, 50, 50 ball receiver can high point the football, can win the battles at the top of the route. And, and those are necessary. Okay. You need guys who can do that. And, and, you know, I, I think that, that he can kind of fill in that role. And then another guy is Justin Robinson. Listen, Justin Robinson, um, he's six, four, 220 pounds listed on Georgia's roster. Uh, when he enrolled at Georgia early last year and didn't get spring practice, but he enrolled early, he was one of the first George only had six early enrollees, but he was the guy I heard the most about right away. And I had sources telling me, listen, I, you know, we knew this kid was big. We knew this kid was athletic, but we didn't know how explosive he was. I mean, he was he's an explosive leaper, maybe a little faster than they thought he was going to be. Then he goes out there during the preseason pr- scrimmages and starts to make plays. And, you know, I think he suffered a foot injury or a hand injury at some point. Um, he had a rough uh, 2020 uh, season just in terms of staying healthy. Ended up with a shoulder injury. Um, I think there was some adversity there for him. Um, but, you know, Terrence Edwards, uh, you know, Georgia's all-time leading receiver and only 1,000-yard receiver in school history, takes to Twitter after this uh, – after, uh, uh, after I start this, I, I'm seeing this kind of as I'm surfing Twitter while I'm multitasking – and, uh, you know, after the Pickens injury and everything, he says the buzz around Georgia football is that Justin Robinson's having a great start to spring ball. 
at 6'4", 218. I can't wait to watch G-Day and see J-Rob showcase his talent. Now, Terrence Edwards did train uh, Justin Robinson, so he's probably a little bit partial there. But he also knows his receivers. And, you know, at 6'4", 220, I think he can be the kind of guy that can bring that physical presence to the receiving uh, position. And, you know, it may not be right away. It may not be right away for him or Marcus Rosemey Jackson. It may take some time. But I think those two stand to benefit they stand that they have a you know have to have that next man up mentality. If I'm George Pickens and I know what I bring to the table, I'm sure he does. Those are the guys I'm going and kind of you know putting my hand on the shoulder and saying, "All right, man, here's your chance. Here's your chance to step up. Here's your chance to do this and that, and you know, take on this role that I had." And and you know the the words of encouragement aspect of it. Th- those are the two I think are that most. Um, resemble George Pickens as a receiver. I don't think either one of them are 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 to that point yet. They they definitely haven't been as productive, but they do have I think some of the skills that can kind of help replace the specific things that George Pickens did at uh at wide receiver and you know Kip when I look at this the one thing that I kind of have to say, I don't want to say it's a bright side, but it's like, you know, when you, when somebody does something you say, well, it's a good thing I did this, or it's a good thing this happened. It's a good thing this happened a few practices in the spring, as opposed to a few practices in the fall camp or a few practices into, you know, Clemson prep uh, to start the season. I mean, I, I think that's the one thing that you kind of, if you're a Georgia fan, you have to try to find the silver lining in it. That's got to be it, right? Yeah, I mean, this. There's no good time for an injury like that. Obviously, we've talked about how bad, you know, rough it is for for Pickens, but like for Georgia, you know, they have to not necessarily move on, but they have to, you know, they have to react to this and, and recover the best they can. And having all of spring football and, and having, you know, the wide receiver group all there, having guys that, that have, a, you know, an opportunity to step up, like we've mentioned, you know, Kiara Burton, you know, having Demetrius Robinson coming back, you know, for, for another season, it obviously is huge as well. And Arian Smith being healthy, you know, Darnell Washington, you mentioned Justin Robinson is definitely the guy that, most closely resembles what Pickens brings physically in size with his overall game. But, if, you know, if you have a guy that is going to be tough to, to match up with one-on-one on the roster still, it's definitely Darnell Washington, you know, with his size being six foot seven, you saw, you know, he started to get, you know, more, more targets toward the end of the season there with JT. And that's obviously another guy that is a mismatch when he's out there catching passes. So, you know, big spring for him. He's a guy who could definitely step up and be a bigger focal point in this offense. And another aspect of it happening now, I mean, Georgia was already going to be watching the transfer portal very closely this spring for cornerbacks, but like more speed at receiver. You know, if a wide receiver hit the transfer portal who could stretch the field vertically, Georgia was definitely going to kick the tires on that and look into that. And so now – this is the time of the year where you're going to start seeing the potential for guys to enter the transfer portal who, you know, could help Georgia's wide receiver group. So I think that it's happening now, you know, they were already going to look at the position, but now that they know, you know, we will need more help, more depth in this group. 
And so they're going to have an opportunity to use one of those final two to three initial transfer spots they have at a wide receiver who could, at the very least, help in the two deep and help kind of bridge that gap, you know, in the in the re- receiver room this season because they are still, you know, a college football playoff contender. Pickens is a huge loss for Georgia. Obviously, they have a big game against Clemson to start the season. They're still preparing for that with the mentality that, you know, we're going to compete to try to win the SEC and get back to the playoffs. So the loss of Pickens is huge for the offense, but, I mean, they are ready to react, and and they still have the talent level to to get back to that stage. Absolutely, and, and, you know, you kind of bring up a – you kind of bring up a point there uh, with the transfer portal. Um, Georgia might not be as picky with the transfer portal. You know, maybe maybe there was an impact receiver that jumps into the portal, but maybe his game wasn't speed, and they passed on that guy before before Pickens. Maybe he is a six two guy who who kind of does what or six three and does what Pickens does, and and they didn't necessarily need that. They may be a little, you know, maybe broadening the the criteria there in terms of the guys they would look for to get out of the portal. Obviously, they want to go out and get a guy that's talented and can help them right away. But instead of just looking for speed and stretch the field, they might just be looking for a a dynamic talent that can just help them out there at that position. Um, you know, like I wouldn't have seen Georgia going after Marcus. I mean, sorry, not Marcus, uh, Lawrence Cager. Uh, in this cycle at receiver because like like we had said before they were looking for some speed at that spot they might would go after a Lawrence Cager type now because of the fact that that they have lost pickings and they are looking to to kind of replace that skill set uh, within the offense or at least offset it so that might be something there to keep an eye on uh, previewing this big announcement tomorrow night five-star athlete Malachi Starks will be making his decision on Thursday, uh, March 25th, um, it's down to Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. We'll have that covered for you over at Dogs 24-7. And if he picks Georgia, we will be here talking to you about it. But until then or until we get back to you later on in the week, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Kip Adams also from the same place. And you guys take it easy.